What's up, you guys? We're back with another episode of the Sauce Lab Podcast, and I am happy to announce that this past Sunday was the last and final Sunday without NFL football for the foreseeable future. I am so excited for this season to start. I cannot wait. Just yesterday, I had a fantasy, a dynasty draft with some of my friends here at Syracuse. We built a podium outside. We were announcing our picks. I actually am really loving my team in that draft. I'm, I think I might do an episode, just like a quick side episode, explaining who I have on my fantasy teams, just who I've got a lot of stacks of, things like that. But for this episode, this is going to be, I think, the final one before the official season starts. Once the season starts, I'm going to have a new format that I'm going to go by, which talks about the previous week, which talks about the upcoming week, and things like that. Talk about big storylines that have happened, people that you should drop and pick up, best bets of the week, different things like that. Surprisingly enough, even though I've been doing this for so long, it feels like, I really haven't even gotten to make an episode during the official NFL season. It's always been off-season content, so now I'm so excited to get to you guys with what's currently going on and make predictions as things are going and analyze different things that are happening in the NFL season and switch my predictions and things like that. But today, this is going to be a big stamp on my name. So if I get a lot of these things wrong, then I am not going to feel too good about myself. But based on my research, based on what I've seen, based on what I predict for this coming season, this is going to be my award predictions, my stat leader predictions, record predictions, and playoff bracket predictions for the 2021-2022 NFL season. This is going to be your guide to how I think that the season is going to play out, to who's going to be the winners, who's going to fall hard. This is really going to encapsulate basically everything that I've been talking about over the last couple of episodes, over the last couple of weeks, months, whole year actually. So I'm very excited to just get right into it. So I think that we are going to start with the award predictions. For each award, I'm going to give you my realistic MVP or my realistic award, my runner-up for that award, and then a hot take that I think could jump into that contention, but that's not my official prediction. So I'm going to start it off with the realistic MVP, and that is guy who's on the trajectory to become the GOAT. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. What they've done in the offseason bolstering that offensive line. Tyreek Hill is still there. Travis Kelsey is still there. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to take a jump. Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. I just see him completely... Every single year he gets better. People just completely forget about his age because of the accolades that he's already received. But you got to think that he's still far from his prime, which is... So blasphemy to say out loud that a dude who has made two Super Bowls and has an MVP is out of his prime and he's still going to get better. But I really do think that he is going to continuously get better. He's going to step up his game in different ways that we've never even seen. I hope that his legs get better. We obviously know about the deep ball, the mid-accuracy, the short accuracy. I think that he's going to be dumping it off to the running back a lot more, just making his job a lot easier this season. And I think that that is a pretty good lock for MVP for this season. As my runner-up for MVP, I've got a guy that was actually runner-up last season. Uh, technically runner-up. I think that Patrick Mahomes was the runner-up. But I think that in the actual MVP ballot voting, it was Josh Allen. And I think that he repeats and has another spectacular season. 
As for their record, I think that it will take a little bit of a jump back. I'm going to get into that later when we get to the record predictions, but that offense is still pumping numbers. What Josh Allen was able to do last year, taking off another guy that is so far from his prime that I think will continue to elevate his game. Well, he has the rushing capabilities. He has Stephon Diggs, a top, a clear top five receiver in the NFL. Just a lot of guys that are going to help elevate him. Cole Beasley in the slot. Gabriel Davis should take a jump up. Dawson Knox should take a jump up. I don't love their running game, but they are a very pass-happy offense, and I think that all defenses really know that. The fact that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are like an average to below average running back core isn't really going to be the thing that spites them. I think it's ultimately going to be their defense. And uh, another thing that I just want to point out, this doesn't really have to do with the prediction of MVP, but I do still think that it is a very two-person offense in that if Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs goes down, their season could be at a complete end. So I am really hoping that both of them stay healthy and Josh Allen could have this MVP-type season once again. And then my hot take for MVP... A lot of people are actually starting to predict this one, so it's not too much of a hot take, but I needed to look down the line, and I think there are a lot of guys with higher betting percentages to win MVP, so I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, another guy who is fantastic on the ground with his feet. He still has DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, a very, very, very deep wide receiver core, AJ Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Andy Isabella. I think Hakeem Butler is still on that team. Just like a bunch of guys that can catch the ball, run really crisp routes. And Kyler Murray, even though he is known for his legs and known for his small size, he still has a cannon of an arm. He still is extremely accurate in the short and mid game. And I think that he's really going to take advantage of that. And with the addition of J.J. Watt on defense and with just all the things that they've done in the offseason, I can really see them making a really good push this year. And if Kyler Murray has an even bigger jump than he did last year, him being in the MVP discussion is not out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. My realistic offensive player of the year is going to be Christian McCaffrey, a guy that is going number one in so many fantasy leagues, basically all of the fantasy leagues, just because of his reception upside, his running upside, his ability to break away for the long run. He's just so incredibly efficient, and I think that even though he was injured last year, he's going to come back fully to form. Even in the games when he would like come back in those middling weeks when he was like injured or not and he would still play, he still put up monstrous numbers in that offense. I think Sam Darnold is going to thrive with having Christian McCaffrey there and just Christian McCaffrey to the moon. Like I think everybody said for the past three years, at least the predictions have been not last year, obviously, with what has happened with his injury. But when he played, he is just one of the most talented guys having the football in his hands. And I think that that is a very realistic offensive player of the year choice. The runner-up, I've got Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is directly piggybacking off of the Patrick Mahomes MVP-type season. Kelsey is one of the best red zone threats, by far the most reliable tight end in the NFL. I would definitely argue the best tight end in the NFL, even though he lacks a little bit in the blocking area. I don't think that that is really going to spite him in the ability to get this award. He's going to rack up touchdown numbers, rack up receptions, rack up yards, different things like that. I'm just very excited for what he does in this offense, especially with the departure of Sam 
Sammy Watkins. They need a quote-unquote second option next to Tyreek Hill. I really don't even see McCole Hardman being that good. Don't see Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, those guys. I just don't see them being that good. I think that it's really going to be just the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show. But Travis Kelsey will get the majority of the yards, the touchdowns, the receptions on that team and thrive off of their MVP-type quarterback and their extremely efficient offense so Travis Kelsey is the runner-up and the hot take a guy that I'm really high on in fantasy this year a guy that I just love as a player is Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert's emergence I think that he is going to do incredible both on the ground and in the passing game he's going to get I could easily see seven to eight touches you guys heard my hot take where I said that he's top 10 in the NFL in receptions that is completely within the realm of possibility Again, with that offense taking a step up, Keenan Allen, arguably a top three route runner in the league. Mike Williams, I think that this is his breakout year. You guys have heard me say it. Josh Palmer, just different guys on that offense that I'm really, really loving. And I think that Eckler will benefit from all of that. He is definitely a hot take because there are a lot of guys like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, guys like that that are definitely betting odds so much higher, but I think that Eckler, if he has the year that I am projecting, then he could definitely be in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year. For Defensive Player of the Year, such an easy choice. The guy who's won it so, so, so many times, Aaron Donald, freak of nature on the defensive line, arguably the best defensive player of all time. He's so hard to guard just with his size and at his position, what he's able to do in the sack numbers, the tackles for loss, just creating disruption in the middle of the offensive line is just so important in the NFL. And I think that if he continues on the same trajectory that he's on, I don't see why he wouldn't be. The Rams defense really fed off of him and Jalen Ramsey last year. And I just don't see that stopping. I actually think that the Rams are going to be extremely talented this year, primarily because of Aaron Donald. He's going to help them generate a lot of wins, help them generate a lot of just good all over the offense or all over the defense. Sorry. I think Darius Williams really broke out because Donald was creating pressure. Sebastian Joseph Day, who was alongside him when Aaron Donald would create the openings for Joseph Day, he would easily slide in there and make the sack or something like that. He makes players around him better. He himself is so incredibly talented and he is definitely my realistic pick for defensive player of the year. And my runner-up, a guy that is only in his second season, but based on what we've seen on tape, he is so, so talented. He's going to put up crazy numbers this year on the number one defense in the NFL, and that is Chase Young of the Washington football team. I'm so excited for what he's able to do in his second year, break out even farther than his defensive rookie of the year campaign last year. He's just going to continue to shine. He has Montez Sweat, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, guys on that defense that are really going to help him generate pressures, but I think that he's going to more help them just because he's such a freak of nature with his bend and ability to get around the line of scrimmage. You guys are also going to hear his name a lot in the stat leaders, so I'm just really confident that Chase Young is going to be that guy this season. And then my hot take defensive player of the year, a guy who's on my Sauce Lab podcast breakout players of the year, and that is Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers, a guy that is so amazing at generating pressure. I really think that the Carolina Panthers are just going to take a big jump in general. Jeremy Chin, Dante Jackson, JC Horn, just all of that is going to really help him. If they secure the secondary down, then that's going to help him be able to get to the quarterback with a lot more time. He's He can do it so effortlessly and so quickly. I really love the explosiveness that I 
saw out of him last year, and I think that he works off of what he did last year and continues to shine and continues to work his way up. My realistic offensive rookie of the year is Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. What I saw out of him in preseason and what I know Kyle Shanahan is able to do with this quarterback, I really think that Trey Lance is that guy, is going to be the guy that can get you the extra yards, that is going to be risky throwing the ball down the field, exactly what Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was not. And not to mention, he also has his legs and he has the rushing upside, which Kyle Shanahan has been watering at the mouth for. And I think that in that offense, that run-first offense, he's going to be getting a lot of goal line rushes where he's going to be able to wrap up goal line rushing TDs, things like that. He's just going to be really efficient in the passing game, keeping it short, jet sweeps, things like that. I really love the San Francisco 49ers and what they're going to put together. I love their whole roster around him. Really, there are no holes on that team whatsoever, in my opinion. So Trey Lance, once he takes the starting job, which I think will be very, very, very early into the season, I think that he is going to shine as soon as he steps on the field. I have them just racking up a lot of wins. The wins are obviously really going to help his case for Rookie of the Year, and I just see him breaking out this year. Runner-up for Offensive Rookie of the Year is Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the New York Jets, a guy that, another guy that I am so confident in, especially as a Jets fan. I've been watching his tape more than probably any other rookies, and just what he's able to do with this very deep wide receiver core of Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Keelan Cole, five guys that I really like catching the football. They do have a problem at tight end. But I think that this is a completely new regime. You can't look at what the Jets have done in the past. And his ability to do those Mahomes-esque throws is going to really elevate him so, so quickly. I think that it's just if the Jets can get out of their bad play-calling woes, I'm really confident in Robert Sala coaching him up correctly, differently than how they did with Sam Darnold, obviously. And I just think that this year is going to be a very, very good year. There will be a lot of ups, a lot of downs. I think that he might be a little bit too aggressive and have maybe the most picks out of all the rookie quarterbacks, but if it's the most picks with showing that he can get it done and showing that he could launch the ball deep and things like that, that is going to be a sign of something really good to come. So I'm very excited to see what Zach Wilson does as the runner-up offensive rookie of the year. And then my hot take also from the team of the realistic offensive rookie of the year. It is Trey Sermon running back for the 49ers. They are a run first team. And if he gets that starting nod, I know that they always use a three headed backfield committee, but if they have one that really elevates himself as the best guy, I think that what they're able to do in that running game, he could get 100 yards per game, uh, rack up an unreal amount of touchdowns. I don't think that Raheem Mostert is that hard to compete with. Other players that I could have put in this category, I could have thrown in Jalen Waddell. I could have thrown in Najee Harris, guys like that. But I think that Sermon and what is around him, the offensive line, just the whole offensive scheme of the San Francisco 49 is really going to help him excel so, so, so much. I'm so excited for what he's able to do this year. And hopefully he takes over, shows that he is that workhorse back. And though they will definitely also still use Raheem Mostert, still use other guys like that that are on the depth chart, it is going to be the Trey Sermon show. And I'm very excited for that. My realistic defensive rookie of the year is Jalen Phillips of the Miami Dolphins, a guy that I absolutely loved coming out of college, coming out of Miami. 
Uh, he's going to ge generate pressures. Brian Flores knows how to get the most of his players on defense. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones are really going to lock up the secondary, help him have time to get to the quarterback. He just has fantastic bend. Athleticism at that position is off the charts, and I'm just so excited to watch him thrive in the Brian Flores defensive scheme this coming year. And, and also, personally, I don't think that they have an elite edge rusher. I know Emmanuel Ogba had a very good year last year, but Jalen Phillips will really start to command all of those sacks on the team. And I think that he will become the primary edge rusher by far, at least by like week eight. My runner-up for defensive rookie of the year is Jamin Davis of the Washington football team, another guy that's going to thrive off of that incredible defense. He's going to be the man in the middle, manning the whole show, rookie out of Kentucky, I'm pretty sure. And I really loved his tape coming out of college. I was a little bit lower on him than the 19th pick. But once he went there, I really loved the pick and the fit. I would have honestly rather Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa there. But the heart condition obviously let him slip to the second round. But Jamin Davis is going to fit right in, even if I, I think right next to Cole Holcomb is still very good. Like I already said, all the guys that are going to be rushing the quarterback, throwing him off his game, William Jackson and Kendall Fuller in the secondary, Cameron Curl, a guy that you guys know I'm so friggin' high on, just a bunch of really good stuff happening on that defense. I think he's going to feed off of all of that and is going to go crazy this year. And then my hot take for Rookie of the Year is Greg Newsom, cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. A guy, another defense that he's just going to feed off of immense pressure. Just amazingness all around. The, the cornerback on the other side is going to be Denzel Ward. They got John Johnson in the secondary. They have Miles Garrett, who's arguably one of the best edge rushers in the league. I actually could have definitely put him up there for realistic or runner-up defensive play of the year, and I think that, that would be no questions asked. I'm very excited for what he's going to be able to do and just generate the pressure that the quarterback throws an off-balance throw and Newsom's there for the pick or just to swat the ball away. I really like what he did in coverage, in zone coverage especially, and I just think that he's going to feed off of that fantastic defense and he could make a very good case to become the rookie of the year for sure. My realistic coach of the year for this year is going to be Kevin Stefanski, the coach for the Cleveland Browns. What he was able to do last year without OBJ, with uh, by in the beginning of the season, Baker Mayfield really did not seem on his game, and he seemed like the Baker Mayfield from the year prior. What he was able to do with that running game and just pound the ball down your throat with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in the passing game. I liked what I saw to Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, their three-headed tight end monster. Just so much that I'm really loving. Oh, and how could I forget their offensive line? One of the arguably the best offensive line in the entire NFL. I just think that he is going to feed off of a Baker Mayfield jump. He's going to feed off of Nick Chubb still being Nick Chubb, probably the most efficient rusher in the NFL. OBJ is going to be back, which I know that people have argued that that is going to make the offense worse. I very disagree with that take. I think that he is only going to make everything better. He's so talented, and all the reports have said that he is looking like his old self. So even if we can get 75% Odell Beckham Jr. to pair up with Jarvis Lantry, Rashard Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, that, that is an efficient passing attack, an efficient running attack with an unreal offensive line. 
not to mention the defense that I just explained. I'm really so excited for what the Browns are going to be doing this year. My runner-up for Coach of the Year is going to be Brandon Staley, first-year coach for the LA Chargers. I just think that this is going to be, he's working with Justin Herbert, and as Justin Herbert emerges as this incredible player, and their defense takes a big step up, and like I said, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams will likely break out, Keenan Allen's still a top-five receiver in the league. I just really think that he is poised for that type of year, for that like rookie come out and just hit the ground running with an unreal roster. I'm so excited for what Brandon Staley and the Chargers are going to be doing this year. He's going to be implementing a new defense. So I think that their defense is really going to be taking a step up. I really hope that their special teams takes a step up because that was actually a big problem last year. And I just think that play calling in general from Anthony Lynn was just not it. So if he can just change those woes already last year, if you had had Brandon Staley instead of uh, Anthony Lynn, I think that they could have been a 10-6 and six football team with what they had last year. And then now they've improved so much, gotten the best center in the NFL, arguably, and Corey Lindsley are going to have improvements, and Mike Williams is back, and Austin Eckler is back. Just so much to look forward to for this team that I could really see them winning an unbelievable amount of games, and Staley is really going to fiend off of that. And then my hot take for Coach of the Year is going to be Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals, a guy that I have been weary of, but based on the moves that they made this offseason, based on my idea that Kyler Murray is going to take another step this year, I think that it is 100% in the realm of possibility that he is in the talks at the end of the year if they do make the playoffs and have a very good showing just in the regular season. I could 100% see him just feeding off of DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray connection, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt sacks. I think that a big jump from Byron Murphy, the cornerback, just all different things that are really, really, really going to help uh, Cliff Kingsbury get the nod for Coach of the Year. Even though it is very hot, that's one that I think that even people have argued that he is on the hot seat this year. I think that if he can put it all together and they make the playoffs, they obviously need to make the playoffs for this to happen, he could definitely be in that conversation at the end of the year. My realistic comeback player of the year, I really think that there's only one guy for this award, and that is Dak Prescott, a guy that is going to almost 100% throw for more than 5,000 yards, be incredible in the air. The three-headed receiving core of Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup is just unbeatable. They have a defense that is going to be letting the offense just have to keep passing and passing and passing because their defense is really shitty. So they're going to just need to continue generating points quickly in the air. And that is where Dak is going to thrive. He was out almost all of last season, as you guys know, but in the first four games, he was on pace to have one of the best quarterback seasons of all time. I'm not saying at all that that is what he's going to do this year, but he's definitely going to be first in line for that comeback player of the year award. My number two is Joe Burrow quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he missed at around halfway through the year. He started missing games, but in the time that he played, he really did look really good. He got out a bunch of balls. I would rather him go deep a little bit more, and we really need to see what that injury looks like. I do think this is obviously Dak's award to lose, but Burrow will make a very strong case if he can somehow edge out even like a playoff berth, maybe just a bunch of big wins against teams that they really were not projected to beat. If Burrow can just come out there and show that he's an accurate quarterback and what he was going to be coming out of LSU, he's definitely viable for this award. And then my third for comeback player of the year is a guy that I'm just very high on. You guys know is Sam Darnold for this coming season. He's coming back 
A, from injuries. He had, like, some injured games where he missed a couple games. He obviously didn't have any career-ending injuries, but it would more be a comeback from the Jets and comeback from that 4-12 and season, which has happened before. It doesn't need to be a career-ending injury or a season-ending injury that gets you on this list. He can definitely win the award if he goes out there and starts shining. If If the Panthers make the playoffs, I think that he will make a very, very good case for that. And that is it for my award predictions. Now I'm going to get into my stat predictions. These are based primarily off of my predictions for the season, what I saw last season, different things like that. And at number one for the pass yards leader, I have Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His wide receiving core is so incredible. I think that other guys that have the rushing ability, like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, like Lamar Jackson, like Kyler Murray, are just not going to reach that passing yards mark because so many of the plays are designed for them to run or scramble out of the pocket. But Tom Brady, with that offensive line, is just going to stand in the pocket and dot you up with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, uh, O.J. Howard, Gronk, just so many really, really talented guys all around him that I'm confident that he is going to rack up the passing yards and he will make it very, very deep in the playoffs. You guys will see that later. But I'm confident that Brady is still going to play just like Brady always has. Age is just a number for him. He really is the anomaly with the age. And as he gets older, he really ages like fine wine. It's, he gets better by the year, and I could see him eclipsing 5,100, 5,200 yards easily this season. My passing touchdown leader, my guy who I have as the MVP, that's Patrick Mahomes. He's going to have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey each getting around 15, 17 touchdowns. I really am so excited. I think that Clyde, like I said, receiving out of the backfield will definitely get some. Obviously, he's going to spread the wealth like he does. All good quarterbacks really do. So I think that Byron Pringle will get his. I think that Demarcus Robinson will get his. McCole Harmon will get his. Just all different guys on this team are really going to feed off of the Patrick Mahomes effect, and he is just going to rack up the touchdowns this year. I'm very excited for what he's able to do. The rushing yards leader that I have is Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys, a guy that I think is not in such good football shape, a guy that is slower, a lot less explosive than he's been, but just on the sheer amount of rushing yards that he's going to get with running behind Tyron Smith healthy, Zach Martin healthy, and not much competition. I know Tony Pollard is very talented, but Zeke is clearly still the three down back. So I think that Zeke getting the most yards in the league is not out of the question whatsoever. I think Dalvin Cook is the other guy that I really could have put in this spot. But I have Dalvin at one later, so I refrained. And I think that Derrick Henry will be taking a big step down this year, as I've said in that Titans offense. I think they're going to become more pass-heavy rather than run-centric. I think that Zeke is in line to be the yards leader, the rushing yards leader, and that offense just as a whole, defenses aren't going to be stacking the box because they're afraid of Dak Prescott and his arm, leaving Zeke so much room to run. I'm very excited for what he's able to do this year. My rushing touchdown leader, like I said, Dalvin Cook, a guy on the Minnesota Vikings who the ball really just does feed around Dalvin Cook and what he's able to do on the ground, even though they do have a very explosive receiver duo in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I'm very upset also, I didn't mention this in the beginning, Irv Smith Jr., another guy that I was incredibly high on this year, has been 
ruled out for basically the entire season. I think it was four to five months. They traded for Chris Herndon from the Jets, who, uh, as a Jets fan, I think that he really does have some potential, but nowhere near what Irv Smith was going to be, which is very disappointing for my predictions. So be it. I really just think that Dalvin Cook getting the most touchdowns is not out of the picture whatsoever. He's come close multiple times. I think he's actually been that once and he just continues to work off of what he's done and rack up the touchdowns. He's the goal line back. He's the first, second, third down back, all of that. My receiving yards leader on the exact same team, I got Jay Jettis, Justin Jefferson, a guy that I'm really excited for this year, taking another step in his sophomore year. He was already fourth in the league in reception yards in his rookie season, so I don't see why he shouldn't take another step. I think that Phelan steps back, allowing Jefferson to step up even more, really show that he's a top three receiver in the league. I love what I've seen out of him. His route running is so crisp. His hands are fantastic. He's going to rack up touchdowns, but especially he's going to rack up yards. Another guy, obviously, for this award, I could have put Devontae. Adams, Stephon Diggs, guys like that, but I think that Jefferson just has the youth, has the potential that the others don't have. He has a ceiling that he can hit even higher, so I'm very excited for what Jefferson is going to do this year. My receiving touchdown leader is Travis Kelsey, just like I said, going to feed off of Patrick Mahomes, going to be such an incredible red zone threat. I think 15 to 18 touchdowns is 100% in the realm of possibility, even though that is an unreal amount for tight ends. I think that he is a top five receiver in the entire league. If you combine tight ends and receivers, Travis Kelsey would still be top five in the NFL. He is so incredible. Patrick Mahomes is so incredible. That offense is so efficient and amazing, and I'm really excited for what he's able to do in the touchdown category. Then I've got total scrimmage yards. I've got Christian McCaffrey, the guy who I have for Offensive Player of the Year. I could definitely see him going 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. I am just extremely excited for him and what he's able to do both on the ground and in the air. I've already spoken about Christian McCaffrey, so I'm going to go to the next. Uh, the tackles leader is going to be Roquan Smith, middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, a guy that already has been racking up the sacks, but is still so young, is really going to feed off of Khalil Mack. Uh, even though the Bears are a very middling team, in my opinion, he really is so amazing at filling the gap and getting to the running back. He's amazing at making the tackle on receivers in the short game. I, he's even pretty good in coverage. I think that he is in line to be a top five middle linebacker, no doubt this season. And the tackles are really just going to help with that. My sacks leader is actually the same as my forced fumbles leader, so I'll combine them. And that is Chase Young. I think he is going to go so incredibly ballistic this year. I've really already spoke about him, but in that number one defense, he's just going to feed off of the electricity that is all around him. Montez Sweat is so amazing again in the quarterback, but Chase Young really for his sheer ability, his athleticism, what he just looks like on the field, the eye test, you can just tell that this dude is a proven stud, and I'm so excited to see him continue to rack up sacks, rack up forced fumbles. He had already had, I think, like second most forced fumbles in the league last year in his rookie year, should continue to step up, and I'm very excited for what he's able to do. And then interception leader, this one's kind of a hot take, but interceptions, it's really hard to determine because that really is not the best cornerback or safety. That's the one that just got the most balls that came to them that was a bad ball usually. So I'm going to go with Carlton Davis on a, the the cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to definitely be the cornerback one and feeding off of the pressure of Shaq Barrett, of JPP, of 
Vita Vea, a Vendamican Sue, guys like that. He's just going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. He already had four picks last regular season, and I think that he could definitely take a step up and get up to like six, seven, eight, and really prove that he is a top cornerback in the NFL. Now I'm going to get into my record predictions for the NFL season. This is, I did it on a record simulator, so I went game by game and chose who I thought was going to win each game. I really tried to give every team a chance, especially divisional games. I think that I gave a lot of nods to teams that are a little bit worse because they play twice in the division just to bump them up some wins. Same with for the really great teams. They might lose to one or two teams that they're probably not going to be predicted on the spread, but this was just my prediction in total and at the end of the season I'm go- and at the end of all the records I'm going to give you my playoff bracket who wins each game and then who goes on to win the Super Bowl so I'm going to start with the AFC North and in that I have the Cleveland Browns going 12 and 5 the Baltimore Ravens going 11 and 6 the Steelers going 9 and 8 and the Bengals going 7 and 10 the Browns I'm really loving what they've done this season like I've continuously said I think that they win this division with ease and I'm very excited for what Baker Mayfield's able to do if he takes that step up Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are still going to be a force to reckon with even if they lost Orlando Brown, Matt Judon, they are still so great on the defensive side in their secondary. Lamar Jackson's still going to take over with his legs, and I think he's going to improve as a passer too. The Steelers are just going to fall just short of the playoffs, going 9-8. and eight. I still really like their roster. I love their defense, and I really like their receiving core, but I think that Big Ben Roethlisberger in his God knows how many a year is really going to hold them back, not able to throw the ball more than 15 yards deep, and is just going to hold them back entirely. And have the Cincinnati Bengals going 7-10, and 10, showing a very promising season where Joe Burrow shows out, has a lot of passing yards, but because of their incapability on their offensive line in different parts of their defense. I think their secondary still needs a lot of work, things like that. They're just going to not be a playoff team, but it's going to be very good signs for Bengals fans. In the AFC South, I've got the Titans at 9 and 8, the Colts at 7 and 10, the Jaguars at 5 and 12, and the Texans at 1 and 16. The Titans, I'm a little bit lower than other teams are just because of all of their departures. The departures of Arthur Smith, Corey Davis, their entire secondary is now wiped and it's all young guys. I don't think that Jeffrey Simmons is enough to generate edge presence, things like that. They obviously lost Clowney. They lost... They, they just lost a lot of guys, and I think that Derrick Henry is bound for some regression. I think that Julio is not the same Julio that he was. I really like A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill and that connection, but their offensive line isn't going to be as good as it was last year, but they still do enough to just edge out the division and make the playoffs. Uh, at number two, I had Colts at 7-10. and 10. That's really in due part to the beginning of the season. I think that it's going to be hard, even if Wentz does play week one and Quinn and Nelson play week one. I think that they're going to start off to a little bit of a rocky start, but then they're going to start to get it going. That defense is extremely talented, and I could see them making a playoff push, but in this scenario, they get the 10 seed and just miss out. They have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 5-12, and 12, showing a pretty promising year, but clearly falling short at 5-12. and 12. I think that Trevor Lawrence will have a lot of yards, but will also have a lot of mistakes. I think that I hate to say it before he even starts his career, but I think that Urban Meyer's play calling might be a little bit of an issue. I don't love their defense. It's okay, but 
I don't love it. So it's 5-12, and 12, I think, is a very reasonable record for them. And the Houston Texans, I have them only winning one game, and I think that's to the Jaguars at home in their division game. But it's really just a monstrosity, an awful team. They really are horrible at almost every single position. There was nobody on that team that I would want in fantasy. Nobody on the defense that is any potential. Justin Reed is the only one that you could say, but because of all the shit around him, when you're with, I think it's Chris Sims's quote, that when you're around shit so often, you happen to get some shit on you, or something along those lines, and I think that Justin Reed takes a step back because of that too. The whole team I'm just really not confident in going into this year. I could see them going winless too, but it's so hard to predict that. In the AFC East, I've got, with a surprise pick, Patriots winning the division at 11-6, and six, Buffalo Bills also at 11-6, and six, Miami Dolphins at 9-8, and eight, and the New York Jets at 7-10. and 10. When the season concludes, I really do not think it is such a hot take to have the New England Patriots at number one. Bill Belichick is still there. Obviously, Mac Jones has now gotten the starting nod, so I'm very excited to see what he's able to do. I don't love their receiving core for wide receivers, but I really like their tight end group. Still love their offensive line. Love the emergence of Damian Harris, and their defense is still a top five core in the entire league with an unreal secondary with Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, guys like that. And I'm just really excited for what the Patriots are able to do. The Bills go 11-6, and six, still making the playoffs, but I think that their defense will be a little, little bit of a weakness. It'll really be Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs having to keep up a lot. I do like Tredavious White, obviously, but Tremaine Edmonds is okay. Nothing too special, in my opinion. Ed Oliver took a step down last year, and I'm still hoping for a step up. I think that their defensive line might really become a problem, and their edge rushers, A.J. Epineza and Gregory Rousseau, who they just drafted this year, is just not going to be enough on the edge for them to really compete very deep, and I think that they lose a lot of close games against really, really good opponents. It's not like they're losing two bad teams and they're really showing that they're bad, but I think that when it comes down to it, and it's they're playing the Chiefs, and they're playing the Browns, and they're playing teams like that, that I really just think have a more put-together core and more full roster, I think that they might edge out a couple losses, a couple more losses than people predict. I think that their prediction's around 13 wins, and I have them at 11. Coming in second in the division, the Dolphins just fall short of the playoffs as well, going 9-8, and eight, showing that Tua is likely the answer, but I am just not confident in that offense altogether to put on a playoff performance. I really like the defense, but the offense is really what's going to be holding them back. And the Jets at 7-10, and 10, similar to the Bengals, show that they have a capable offense, show that they are on the right direction, but are just not there yet because of the talent on the roster. They go back again as the last team in the division, which I do not think is so out of the realm of possibility at all. I think that is the most common prediction, especially with these other teams that are in the division. But Zach Wilson shows that he is going to be that guy. I think that Michael Carter could take a step up at the end of the season. Just a lot of the young guys on their roster will show that they have a promising future, but not right now. And then in the AFC West, my last team, I have the Kansas City Chiefs going a whopping 15-2 and with their MVP Patrick Mahomes behind them. The Chargers, wait for it, 13-4. and I am so excited for the Chargers this year. Denver Broncos, 7-10. and Las Vegas Raiders at 3-14 and at an abysmal 3-14. 
The Chiefs, I've already explained it, one of the most efficient offenses. Love their defense still. Improvements to the offensive line. I'm just so excited for what they're able to do. Chargers, the same thing. I think Justin Herbert works off of what he was able to do last season and shows that he will not have a sophomore slump. He will really elevate himself into the top five quarterbacks in the league with Keenan Allen, with Mike Davis, or Mike Williams, sorry, with Austin Eckler. Just all these guys on that offense that are going to be flying and then on defense they still have Joey Bosa they still have Derwin James they still have a really really great core and I'm very excited to see what the LA Chargers are able to do then the Broncos sadly I think that they come in top five for defense but Teddy Bridgewater especially if Drew Locke doesn't get the time to start will really hold them back from making the playoffs it's going to be a very efficient offense a very short offense but I think that one that does not score an unreal amount of points and that is what's going to hold them back from the playoffs they're going to be in a good position to land Aaron Rodgers this next coming year and then really make the push for the Super Bowl which is I think what they want to do at this point but the Broncos, as of this point, go 7-10 and 10 at the 11th seed. And the Oakland Raiders, I have it 3-14, and 14, abysmal. I just do not like, you guys have heard me say it, I really don't like anybody on that roster. Yannick Ngakwe is really their only piece on defense. Darren Wall is really their only piece on offense. Tragic offensive line, awful receivers. Josh Jacobs is inefficient. I don't like their running game. Derek Carr is just average in my opinion Josh Gruden's a way below average coach and I just don't like what they're going to put out this season then in the NFC this is I'm just going to start it off by saying there is a whopping five teams that go 13 and 4 that is the highest win total but try to guess that as I keep going but my NFC North predictions, I have the Green Bay Packers at 13-4. That is one of the five teams. Then I have the Minnesota Vikings at a very low, very under what other people have as their prediction. 5-12 and 12 coming in second in their division. Bears going 4-13. and 13, And the Detroit Lions going 3-14. and 14. I really just don't like this division as a whole besides for the Packers. The Vikings, like I said, they will have a lot of yards on offense, but their defense is going to be really, really terrible. Their offensive line is not what it needs to be. Kirk Cousins is not that guy to get it done and win in big moments. I think that they'll have a lot of yards from Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, and that is really going to be about it. They're going to take a step down from what they were able to do last year, which is not making the playoffs, so it's not that weird for them not to again. And it's second in the division, so though they have a pretty shitty record, it's still second in the division, beating out the Chicago Bears, who, even if Justin Fields does come in very soon, I think that they have a below-average offense. I think Allen Robinson's out after this year, and I just think that they're a very middling team that has really been going through the same shit for the last three years. Unless they get an, a spectacular performance from Justin Fields, I just don't see them being too good. That was another one where I think that I just continued to give them losses. Even if they didn't deserve it, I could definitely see them going six or seven wins and not be surprised by that. I just do not think that they're a playoff team. But they just really fell behind in a lot of the games where I was like, it's close, but it won't be the Bears. So that's just where I have them at. And the Detroit Lions, a lot of people have them as an arguable worst team in the league. I think that their offensive line, TJ Hawkinson, Goff knows how to get his, get his yards, will be good enough to get two to three wins, which is an improvement, which is more than I think anybody, any Lions fan could really even ask for. I think that that is actually a positive year, and it shows that they have a really good young offensive line that they can build off of if they get a new quarterback for next year. Malik Willis, Spencer Rattler, somebody like that to join the Detroit Lions and really help them lead them to the promised land. 
Uh, in the NFC South, I've got the Buccaneers going 13-4, and four, the Saints going 8-9, and nine, the Panthers also going 8-9, and nine, and the Falcons going 4-13. and 13. Buccaneers, Super Bowl champs last year. Like I said, Tom Brady leads the NFL in passing yards. That is 100% in the realm of possibility. I love their offense, love their defense, and they will do everything that they did last year but better because they have the more cohesion of the team, the team chemistry, things like that. The New Orleans Saints at 8-9. Jameis Winston will put up good numbers, I think, in that Sean Payton offense, even without Michael Thomas, even without Adam Troutman. Marquez Callaway really seems like the real deal. Alvin Kamara is going to get his on the floor and in the passing game, and I just think that a Sean Payton team will not be bad. Obviously, they didn't even have a winning record, so I think that their talent on their roster really projects that. But their defense is still going to be really good, and they're going to be a hard, hard team to beat. Even if they do have a losing record, they're going to fight very, very hard. Then I have the Carolina Panthers, a team that I'm very confident in this year. I've said I really like their offense, really like their defense, but when you just look at the other teams in the NFC that can make it, I just see them losing in a couple of really, really close matches that they're going to show that they're a very competent team, that they're in by far the correct direction for the future. They're my second team that I had since the beginning of the season that I'm rooting for, and I'm going to be rooting very hard for Sam Darnold, Christian McCaffrey, and those guys, but I have them just missing the playoffs, and I have the Atlanta Falcons at 4-13, and primarily because of their defense and the age of Matt Ryan. I think that he will likely take a step back. Obviously, they lost Julio Jones. I could see Calvin Ridley actually leading the NFL in receiving yards for sure. I, I think now actually looking back at it, that honestly might have been a better choice than Justin Jefferson just because he is so alone in that offense. Kyle Pitts will obviously take off, but they have so many holes on that defense, even though I really like their middle linebackers in Foyasada Luakun and Deion Jones. Their corners are not what it needs to be, even if A.J. Terrell takes a jump. They still need a guy alongside him hate their safeties, hate their defensive line, and it's just a team that is not going to be a winning franchise. Then this one might come as a surprise to you guys, but if you listen to the podcast and you are a fan, I am so incredibly high on the Washington football team this year on their offense and on their defense, and I think that that results in a 13-4 and season where they really show that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy. He has the year that he's always been waiting for where he is really fantastic, goes out, shows up, and their defense is going to be the main reason why they win so, so, so many games. They're going to stifle even the most elite offenses and really throw them off their game. And then on when they're on offense, they have scary wide receiver duo, scary running back duo, great tight end, very solid offensive line, and a quarterback that when he's in his mode, quote-unquote, when he's fits magic, he is a top-five quarterback. So I'm very, very confident that the Washington football team will do that this year. Number two, I've got the Dallas Cowboys at 9-8. and eight. Dak is going to do enough to get that offense up, but that defense is really, really bad in my opinion, and that is what's going to hold them back from the playoffs. Then I've got the New York Giants going 6-11. and 11. I think that for Giants fans, I think that in the realm of the NFL, that's pretty realistic. But for Giants fans, that's definitely an underestimation. But I think that their defense does take a step back this year. They a little bit overperformed. I do like Joe Judge and what he was able to do with the players that they had on that defense. But they just did not do enough. I think Kenny Galladay doesn't make enough separation. Even if I do love him as a catcher, I think that Daniel Jones, as I said, was third in that list. Or no, he was second in my list of the fringe fearful, fringe fantastic. But I just don't think that that team's going to be able to get it done, especially with who they're playing. They're going to have a lot of close games, and 
I, I don't see them really beating the Cowboys that much. I don't see them beating the football team. Even if people really say, oh, that division is so shit, I really think that the Cowboys offense is going to be elite, and then the Washington football team as a team is going to be elite. So I completely disagree with that statement. And then in last, actually in the entire NFC, and in their division as well, I have the Philadelphia Eagles going 2-15. and 15. I think that Jalen Hurts is just not going to be efficient as a passer enough, even if I really like him as a fantasy option just because of his legs. Their defense is going to be bad. Their offense is going to be bad. Nick Sirianni will look like he is not going to be the guy for the future, and I just don't like what the Eagles are going to produce this year. They also have an incredibly tough schedule, so I'm worried for them this year. And then lastly, the NFC East. I predict will be arguably the best division in NFL history. All four of these teams are equipped for an MVP Super Bowl type run right now. And that is the San Francisco 49ers coming in first at 13 and 4, the LA Rams coming in second also at 13 and 4, the Seattle Seahawks coming in third at 11 and 6, and the Arizona Cardinals coming at 10 and 7, making all four teams playoff teams. I think that that's only happened twice ever in NFL history, and they've been in the early 90s. This would be the first time that it happens in the 2000s. But all four of these teams definitely have a playoff roster. It's just going to be if they're able to do it in the division. I have all four going 3-3 three and three in the division because they are all so able to take it out any game possible. Like, I could see the Cardinals beating the Niners. I could see the Niners beating the Seahawks. Seahawks beating the Rams. Any which way about it. So I just... Made it all completely even in the division. And then it really seems like they just cleaned up in the other categories when not facing their divisional opponents. So I'm very excited for what all those teams are able to do. Niners, obviously, with Trey Lance, that Kyle Shanahan offense, and a top five to eight defense in the league. The LA Rams, with the Matt Stafford being teamed up with Sean McVay, is going to be a nasty duo. The ball will be in the short game and be kept and you guys know how amazing Sean McVay is at opening the field, both vertically and horizontally. He's an offensive genius, still so young. He's still out of his prime as well. So I'm so excited for what the Rams are able to do. The Seattle Seahawks, it's Russell Wilson. It's DK Metcalf. It's Bobby Wagner. It's Jamal Adams. Those four guys are really going to spearhead an amazing season again. Obviously, Tyler Lockett's still there. Still Chris Carson. Still Pete Carroll. Just a lot of guys that I think that it's unlikely to lose. Russell Wilson is still in his prime, and this is going to maybe be his last dance with the Seattle Seahawks. I do think that their defense won't be that good, but their offense and what Wilson's able to do in the passing game is going to be illy, like always, and they're really going to show, of course, that they're a playoff team. And then lastly, I have the Arizona Cardinals going 10-7, and proving that Kyler Murray is the guy. Cliff Kingsbury is here to stay. The sack totals from J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are going to be off the charts, and they're going to hit the ground running with that young core, with some of the old veteran guys in the locker room, they're going to do really, really well this season. Now, my last section of this podcast is going to be my playoff bracket. So, in the wild card, I've got Bills versus Patriots. Josh Allen looks like a stud and beats Bill Belichick in Foxborough and goes on to face the Chiefs in the next round. The next wildcard game, I have the Ravens and Browns. The Cleveland Browns just have that efficient team. They're going to run the ball down the throats of the Baltimore Ravens. And even though Lamar will look very good as a rusher, they're going to do a very good job of containing. I think John Johnson will probably shine in that game especially, and the Browns will come out on top. 
Next one that I've got is the LA Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans. Chargers coming off of a four-game better regular season, but they're the worst seed just because of the division. I think the Chargers easily take this one. Justin Herbert, like I said in my prediction, wins a playoff game and looks like a really, really, really great quarterback doing so. I'm very excited for what he's able to do with this team this year. Then flipping to the NFC, I've got the Arizona Cardinals versus the Washington football team. And I have the Washington football team edging that one out. As you guys know, I'm so confident in what they're able to do, what their defense is going to do to stifle the offense. And I'm very excited for that matchup. That matchup just seems really, really great. But I think Jamin Davis is really going to come in clutch at stopping Kyler Murray and being the QB spy and allowing him to just force the pass and go right into Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, and a very stout secondary, as well as the pressure that's going to be created. Like, DJ Humphreys is not going to be able to stop Chase Young any day of the week. So I could see him racking up the sacks in that game. That'll be a fantastic game. Then I've got the 49ers Seahawks in the wild card, a divisional matchup, one for the ages, but I have the 49ers edging it out with their young quarterback against Russell Wilson. It's really going to be the defense that helps do that. And I think that the Seattle defense is just not going to be able to keep up with the running and the passing of the 49ers offense. George Kittle, I could see really feasting that game. They don't really have a guy that can cover the tight end that well. And I could see him going crazy and then the last wild card game i have the la rams against the tampa bay buccaneers and yes surprisingly like two years ago i know that you're never supposed to count out tom brady but i have the la chargers beating the tampa bay buccaneers in round one of the playoffs going on to play the green bay packers in the playoffs. I think Sean McVay knows how to dink and dunk, knows how to carve up a defense. Aaron Donald is going to be incredible because even though the Buccaneers have a really good offensive line, I think that Ryan Jensen is just not going to be able to stop Aaron Donald and the bulldozer that he is. And then Jalen Ramsey is going to do a fantastic job at faking out Brady. If there's anybody that can do it, it's probably the best cornerback in the NFL. I think the Rams go on to win that one. Then in the next round of the playoffs, I've got Chiefs-Bills. I have Chiefs easily winning this one. Another rematch from last year that we already saw. But with the Chiefs' new offensive line, I think that the Buffalo Bills do not have a second guy to stop Travis Kelsey. And he is going to feast in that game. I'm very excited for that matchup, of course. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. The fight over who's the new gunslinger young guy. And Patrick Mahomes clearly comes out on top. Then the next game that I've got is the Browns versus Chargers, and I have the Browns edging that one out. I, ha I The same reason why I've just continuously said, I think that they're going to run it down their throat. I think that it is going to be very hard to stop that offense. And then on the defensive side, they're going to not lock up Justin Herbert because he is so talented, but I think that Miles Garrett's going to cause a lot of pressures just because they do not have incredible tackles. They still have a rookie at left tackle in Rashawn Slater, and I could really see Miles Garrett eating that game, going on to play the Chiefs in the conference finals. Then in the NFC, I've got the football team versus the 49ers. This one is going to be unbelievably close. This one's probably the closest one that I had to make the pick for, but I'm sticking to my gut. I'm sticking to the team that I've been with for the entire podcast for all season. Um, my ride-or-die team, it is the Washington football team, goes on to beat the San Francisco 49ers with that defense, Trent Williams is obviously there, but I think Mike McGlinchey is going to not do such a great job at holding back Montez Sweat, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, 
just that defense is Jonathan Allen, of course. I forgot him. Just so many amazing guys on that defense. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick can really step it up and have Fitzmagic at the correct moment, that is when he is going to do it. Washington football team, book it to the conference championship. And then the last game of the first round of the playoffs is the Rams versus the Packers. Another incredibly close one. But I think that the LA Rams actually edge it out over Aaron Rodgers in his final season. Shuts him down and sends him packing right out of Green Bay. Devontae Adams honestly might be out too if he doesn't get that big payday. And I'm excited to see Matthew Stafford really take off and prove that he is a top five talent quarterback in the NFL when paired with an elite coach like Sean McVay. Again, it's going to be to the help of Aaron Donald taking over in the middle. They obviously lost Corey Lindsley this offseason, so that is really going to hurt them in the playoffs, especially Josh Myers is not going to be able to contain Aaron Donald, and they are going to go on to win. So that makes the conference finals Chiefs-Browns football team Rams. I have the Chiefs beating out the Browns to go on to the Super Bowl in the Patrick Mahomes fashion like he's always done. So incredibly hard to count them out. Their defense I still love, like I've said. I've been explaining why I like these teams for the whole time. But Chiefs go on to beat the Cleveland Browns in a very, very close shootout. Another rematch from last year, actually. And they get to the Super Bowl. And then the NFC Washington football team versus LA Rams. Even though the Washington football team had an unreal run and they really looked spectacular, they fall short, sadly, to the LA Rams. The defense with two of the best players in the entire league. Coach, who has still yet to hit his prime. Very excited for what the Rams are able to do. And the Super Bowl consists of the LA Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. And my winner, the Sauce Lab winner of the Super Bowl, is the MVP's team, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They do it again. Patrick Mahomes gets a second ring, and they really look like this dynasty is starting to form to be one of the greatest teams in NFL history. I'm so excited for what the season has to come, for what the Chiefs are able to do on the field. For this entire playoff bracket, it really looks like if it plays out like this, it is going to be such a competitive and fantastic playoffs to watch with so much entertainment, so many games on the line, things like that. But I'm very excited for the season to get started. So that is my video. I'm going to end it off with my music segment at the end. So if you guys stayed for the music segment, please listen up. These are the three songs that I think that you should add to your playlist. One that has came out in the last six months off of, honestly, my second favorite album of the year. Behind Call Me If You Get Lost is Donda by Kanye West. And the song Believe What I Say just gets me in such an incredible mood. It has the Lauryn Hill sample. And Kanye, who knows who was the last time you found the love. Sorry that I'm singing. I'm going to be singing a lot. And if you guys don't like that, then turn off the fucking podcast. But I think that it puts me in such a fantastic mood. It's a great walking song. It's a great running song. It just puts me in such a great mood. And I love Lauren Hill. So the fact that he sampled her just pays homage to one of the greatest female rappers of all time. Then my song that came out over three years ago, I Have Once Upon a Time Freestyle by IDK and Denzel Curry. A top 10 rap song for me in my entire life. Two of my favorite rappers who I think are so talented and are both still yet to hit their prime. They're going back and forth. The chemistry on the song is amazing. The really like grimy, dark beat 
with them just spitting bars. There's some hilarious bars. There's some really clever bars. And I just really like that one. So I think you guys should definitely give it a listen. And the new song is Live a Little by 99 Neighbors. Currently only has 500k on Spotify. Very groovy, chill track. I really like 99 Neighbors. And I think that they are going to be a group to look at in the near future for sure. But that is the three songs that you should listen to. That is my award predictions, my stat predictions, my record predictions for the NFL season. I hope you guys enjoyed. I cannot wait for the NFL season. It is going to be so spectacular. I am so excited for Thursday to finish up all my fantasy drafts and to get ready to watch some damn NFL football. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. And I look forward to talking to you guys about what just happened in week one and how crazy it was and all the crazy upsets and things like that. So see you guys then. Make sure to tune into the next episode and make sure to follow on Instagram and TikTok. Have an amazing day. Peace.